Hello and welcome to The Boiling Point. I'm your host, Dave Plasco, and with us is Jeff Boyle, a senior business advisor in Eisner Amper's audit group. Jeff examines the everyday business and finance issues faced in the sports, entertainment, and media sectors. Today, we're reviewing the evolution of the sport of golf and how it's been impacted on the business side. Jeff, so now that the warm weather has finally got to the East Coast, people are ready to hit the links en masse. So give us the state of the state of golf today. Well, Dave, golf fans couldn't help but shed a tear watching Tiger Woods win the Masters tournament back in April. When he walked off the 18th tee, he was not only walking off to his loudest fans, but also his respected peers. It was a really exciting watching him and the reaction to all the players that respect him and have watched him play the game. Players such as Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, Matt Kuchar were all waiting there to congratulate him. I think the PGA really has to thank Tiger Woods because he created this younger fan base that has really made the game of golf what it is today. I think a lot of these players could have went into other sports such as football, basketball, baseball, but instead took up the game of golf because of the Tiger Woods effect. According to Forbes, the golf segment is an $84 billion industry in the U.S. and is responsible for almost 2 million jobs, and those numbers are trending upward, so I think the PGA really has to thank Tiger Woods. Yeah, you know, the, the sport did seem to have a little bit of a lull when Tiger wasn't playing well. I mean, I'm not a golfer. I could probably name golfers on, on one hand, the, the golfers that I know. So I, I suppose every sport needs its superstars to make the sport better and more marketable. Absolutely. I think Tiger helped bring the masses. I feel that the game of golf has changed significantly with its audience. It's not just your grandfather's country club sport anymore. I think it's bringing in a lot of younger fan bases and even some celebrities that you might not recognize that are drawn to the game. Take, for instance, a rapper Lil Wayne, who tweeted his excitement throughout the Masters tournament. That's someone you wouldn't really gear towards the game of golf, but someone who shows excitement because of the way that the game of golf has changed throughout the years. So other than marketing its talent, you know, its superstars, does the PGA have any other kind of plan to grow the sport? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the PGA Tour and Discovery just agreed to a $2 billion 12-year deal where Discovery is going to receive all the rights to the PGA Tour global television and multi-platform rights outside of the U.S. You know, some of the best players in golf come from countries outside the U.S. So this is really a great opportunity to grow the game of golf and increase the viewership of PGA Tour events. In addition, Discovery has a multi-year content deal with Tiger Woods, which is quite interesting, where on its streaming service, Tiger is going to provide weekly instructional videos. They've also tried to do is more head-to-head -head matches, like the Tiger Woods-Phil Mickelson match that aired last November of 2018 as a pay-per-view event. That match was pretty successful. I know they did have some issues with people paying versus people getting the free content, but it did have 750,000 unique viewers, and it clearly provides you know, a different opportunity for the game of golf to draw in more fans. It has similarities of the Ryder Cup. Um, the Ryder Cup is probably one of the biggest events that golf has. You know, fans love to go to the Ryder Cup, cheer for their country, and see these players play in these head-to-head -head matches. So I think it really is going to provide, you know, an increase in viewership and new revenue opportunities, you know, for the game of golf. Yeah, it seems like a lot of different countries are represented. They, they have their own golf superstars in, in a lot of different countries. Now, going back to the change in audience, t talk about 
other aspects of the golf business, you know, the, the retail, the merchandising, that kind of thing? You know, I think that golf over the years has had its opportunity to grow in different ways. Take, for instance, Callaway Golf. You know, it's one of the largest golf company brands out there. They just announced in the first quarter of 19, they had their net sales increase by 28% compared to the first quarter of last year. What that tells me is a lot of individuals are taking up the game of golf, spending more on merchandise. Um, I always laugh when I go out to the golf courses. To me, the best dressed person out there usually is the worst player, but it still shows that people want to spend the money on the golf equipment. This golf equipment is getting expensive. Um, technology is changing and people still want to spend the money on this new equipment. And the other one I thought that was really fascinating was uh, one of the best European golfers on the tournament, Justin Rose. He just signed a sponsorship deal with Bonobos. Now Bonobos is really more known for their men's fashion and not golf. So it's really interesting to see that a non-golf brand you know, is going into the golf world to try to bring in this additional revenue stream. Bonobos being a very well-known men's fashion, it gives a good opportunity for them to increase their revenue streams through golf merchandise. Yeah, you, you know, if you play good, you got to look good. So what's changed about the way people go to the course, how they practice the sport, how they, how they develop as players, whether they're just a, you know, a, a duffer or, or, or an expert? So golf ventures across the U.S. like Topgolf and Five Iron Golf have really become successful enterprises. Topgolf, for example, was started in 2000 and has now built over 50 locations and has really transformed the old school driving range into a fun technology enabled round of golf. Topgolf uses these microchip golf balls that provide scores and instant feedback to each player's shot and it allows people to play games at the Topgolf locations. So it's creating this entertaining atmosphere with not only food and drinks but a little competition. What's interesting though is Topgolf has made its success with majority of its customers being non-golfers between the ages of 18 to 34. So it's a real big draw of millennials. And I think in order for it to continue to succeed and golf to grow, you really have to have that draw of millennials. And then Topgolf, which is interesting, is each location costs approximately $15 million as a capital investment. So in order for them to keep growing, Topgolf is going to have to continuously be funded by these private equity firms and also by Callaway to continue growth. Yeah, I, I definitely can see where, you know, technology can play a role in this sport as far as simulations and helping your shot. You know, I, I, I'd want to see like that gizmo that Rodney Dangerfield had in Caddyshack where it told them when to hit the ball. <laughs> um, now, you mentioned millennials, uh, and I know, you know, we can't generalize groups, but, but you know, are they embracing golf? Because I would think for the long-term sustainability of the sport, you'd, you'd have to get them on board with golf. I think absolutely. You know, I just mentioned the demographics of what top golf success is attributed to. So I think that being said, people are going to these top golf locations, enjoying the game of golf, and it is translating into people buying their first set of golf clubs and going onto the course and playing the natural game. I also think if you look at the crowds at these golf events, last month if you saw the PGA Championship at Beth Page Black, you really saw a different demographic of people gearing towards the game and enjoying the game. I, I really think that they're gonna play a pivotal role in golf's continued success, and especially when you consider the impact it could have on legalized gambling. 
Okay, well, that makes sense. Well, let's let's dig a little deeper. Where does legalized gambling fall into the mix? So legalized gambling in golf could have a major impact, um, and it already has a significant impact when it comes to fantasy sports. You know, sports gambling provides this unique opportunity to engage fans. What I think golf has the most potential to increase is real-time sports betting. Now, real-time sports betting is not here in the U.S. yet, but it's very popular in Europe. And I think that real-time sports betting has a huge impact on golf because golf is the only sport where you have 72 different balls in play per round of golf. All other sports, such as basketball, baseball, you're fixated on only one ball. So therefore, I think when you add in all these different balls, it creates additional opportunities for sports fans to gamble on the sport of golf. And as a result of this real-time sports betting, the PGA Tour is using its data that it's compiling through um, its ShotLink technology and selling it to IMG Media. You know, with sports gambling bringing in around $2.6 billion of wagers since it was legalized in the state of New Jersey, you know, I think integrating this real-time sports betting will make this number increase in future years. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think it lends itself to also sponsorships of, you know, you might see guys wearing fan duel hats or, you know, something like that. So yeah, I think there's a lot of angles to the, to the gambling part of it. Well, Jeff, thanks for this valuable information. It's very interesting. Despite all the early reports, golf is not dead. So that's, that's good to hear. And thank you for listening to The Boiling Point as part of the Eisner Amper podcast series. Visit eisneramper.com for more information on this and a host of other topics. And join us for our next Eisner Amper podcast when we get down to business.